Welcome to Created to Be Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Anderson, and thanks for joining me today. Today, I want to ask you a question. The question is, why not you? So far in this podcast, we've had a lot of guests, guests from all over the world, a couple of guests from the UK, guests all across the United States, some local guests, and they've done some amazing things, right? We have a memory champion that knows all every single name on the Afghanistan wall, who was on TV shows, uh, Stan Lee's Superhumans. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that, but when we when I went back and watched that, there's a pretty um, pretty amazing episode of what Ron did. We have the fitness geezer, Mark, over in the UK, who is 60 years old doing miraculous things, gymnastic-style movements, muscle-ups, handstands, planches, L-sits, going into these things, uh, and he's 60 years old. We have... Matt from uh, from Sistema UK, right? Who is uh, joined the special forces when he was, you know, older, an older person. We have these guys that are doing some amazing things. We have Rob, who hasn't ran since high school, who is now committed to fifty miles this month, and he's two two miles away, and we will finish that today uh, with him. Um, amazing things. We had Clint, who's a chiropractor and, and done some amazing stuff with, with his sports training. We, the list goes on and on and on, right? And I encourage you to go back and listen to some of these episodes to really get an understanding of who these people are. But I want you to think of something. I want you to think, because maybe in your mind, maybe you're thinking, well, these guys are special, They've got a unique ability or there's something special about them. They've got a talent. You know, if you go back and listen to those podcasts, they'll tell you they're not special. Ron, Ron wasn't the greatest student in school. You know, Matt wasn't, uh, wasn't the greatest athlete. Neither was, was Mark. Mark said he had to get into fitness to help his mental health. And then he found himself doing these amazing things. So, so they're not special. Listen, they're common people who have decided to do uncommon things. And that's what makes them special. But guess what? They got the same brain that you and I have. They have the same bodies that you and I have. Yeah, I know. I know. We're going to get into that because I know what you're thinking. No, I've got pains. I've got issues. I've got things. I've got issues, right? We're going to talk about that. But the point is, is this, they are common people just like you and I the only difference is is they choose to do uncommon things so you can't say that they're special so again I ask the question why not you why not you most of the time when I talk to people about reading the Bible or memorizing the Bible or you know exercising or changing their eating, or whatever it may be, learning something new, right? Spending more time in prayer with God. Whenever I I talk to people, they instantly come back with an excuse. Listen, if you want to be uncommon, if you want to be someone who can do some amazing things, you got to get rid of the excuses. There's an excuse for everything. I'll tell people, hey, you know, why aren't you reading, reading your Bible? And they'll say, well, I don't have time. Or they'll say, well, I, I don't understand it. I try to read it, but it doesn't make sense. I'm not that good of a reader. 
Those are excuses. Why don't you spend time in prayer? Oh, I don't have time. I don't know how. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know. Hey, why don't you change your diet? Well, I don't know what to eat. Or, you know, I've tried things in the past and they just didn't work. Why don't you exercise? Oh, well, my knee hurts or my back hurts or my I'm so out of shape. It's been such a long time. They're an excuse. An excuse will cripple you. An excuse will hinder you. An excuse will stop you. You need to eliminate the excuses in your life. It, it, it's almost become a pet peeve of mine that when I talk to somebody and they start saying all these excuses, it, it really, I have to be careful because it really is starting to annoy me. And the other reason I got to be careful is because guess what? Remember how I said I'm common too? I got to watch the excuses in my life too. Cause I'll do the same thing. I'll say, well, I'm just going to eat this. You know, it's, it's too hard to make something healthy or, or, you know, we don't have anything in the fridge that's healthy. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and have a, a bowl of cereal or something. Or yeah, my, my knees hurting, my legs are hurting a little bit. So I'm going to take today off. Oh, understanding and reading this is a, it's a little, it's a little hard. I do the same thing, right? I have the excuses too. But you have to recognize that. The Bible says, take those thoughts captive. You have to recognize that. And you have to say, no, that's an excuse. Now, before we go any farther, I do want to talk about an excuse versus a legitimate reason. Okay, now there is such a thing as a legitimate reason. Listen, if you've got the flu, it's okay. You know, you don't have to work out. If you have a heart condition, you, you might not want to go for a real hard, intense cardio session, right? If you have a broken arm, yeah, you might have to, you might have to modify what you're doing. Oh, but I said something important, didn't I? I said a key thing, didn't I? Even if you have a legitimate reason, you can still modify you can still do something, right? A person with, with a bad knee, a person that, that can't run, you can walk. Maybe you can walk a little fast, a faster pace. Maybe you can even do a light jog, right? So there, again, you're allowing your excuse to take control. And what is an excuse? I'll tell you what an excuse is. An excuse is a way to self justify a reason as to why you don't have to do something. An excuse is simply a self-justification as to why you don't want to do something. And that's all it is. I can't work out because my knee hurts, right? That is a self-justification for me so that, yeah, I, I, I don't have to because I don't really want to. So, I'm self-justifying it to make me feel better. This self-justification is, is detrimental to growth. We, we have people that you know, have left our gym, left our church, left our business or whatever. And, and the reason is, is because they're not willing to put in the work that's required to change 
whether it's spiritual, mental, physical, whatever it is, they're not willing to put in the work. They recognize something in their lives, but they're not willing to put in the work. So they come up with an excuse that self justifies their reason for leaving. And that's the truth. And a lot of times, listen closely, a lot of times, that's the reason for a lot of divorces in America today. I don't want to put in the work for my marriage. I don't want to put in the extra effort, right? Because because marriage is work, right? It's not like a, a hunting session, right? Where you do all this work to court each other and then you, you shoot the deer and then you mount the deer over your fireplace. It's not how it works, right? You have to continue to foster and continue to grow and to continue to be there right? I often joke, I say, Hey, my first wife, people are like, what? You've been married twice. No, I've only been married once, but listen, my wife today isn't the wife she was 30 years ago. She was different as am I, we've both changed. And so you have to continue to put in the work and a lot of people will leave and they'll come up with a reason why a self justification reason why to make it feel better so that the accountability really isn't on them. They'll say, oh, well, this person, this person doesn't like me or, or the church isn't friendly or whatever reason. I, I can't grow there. Listen, you can grow wherever you're planted. Growth is a choice you make. I, I promise you, I promise you this, that no matter how old you are, if you stepped into a preschool classroom, there's an opportunity for you to learn there. If you stepped into a nursery, there's an opportunity for you to learn. And Paul said that Jesus told him, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so if you're not growing, um, that's on you. So this self-justification, self-justify a why is really, I am self-justifying a lie. Self-justifying a why is self-justifying a lie. It's an excuse. Drop the excuses out of your life. One of the first things you can do for growing for any of these. And I guarantee you, that everybody we've had, every guest we have had on our podcast so far has done just that. They stopped the excuse, they put in the required work and mission accomplished. And now we're looking at them going, man, these guys are some amazing people, right? They have done amazing things. I could never do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So why not you? Probably because you lack the want to. I worked with a, with a guy one time and, and he was from Texas. And so he had that kind of Southern draw. And he used to always say, you know, when you have an excuse, it's really because you lack the want to. He, he used the reference of his kids. He told his kids to, to mow the yard while he went off for a, a, a business trip or something. And when he came back, the, the yard wasn't mowed. And he asked his kids why. 
Oh, the lawnmower wouldn't start, Dad. So he went out there and, I don't know, within a matter of a few minutes, he, he had it started. And he says, no, the truth is, is you lack the want to. You see, if you really wanted to mow the yard for me, you would have done it. You would have figured out how to get this thing started. What an awesome, awesome insight. Sometimes you got to ask yourself, do I really, am I making these excuses? Am I, am I doing all this because I, I, I lack the want to? So you have to find the why. You've heard that from many, many people. Find your why. What's your why? Now, when I've been running with, with Rob and Jeff, I'm asking them that question all the time. I said, what's your why? What are you training for? Are you training to, to protect yourself, to protect your family, both mentally, physically, and spiritually? That's my why. To protect them mentally, physically, and spiritually. That is the threefold strong mission of my life. That's what I was created to be. And so everything I do is revolving, is supporting, is edifying, is strengthening my ability or my abilities to accomplish my mission, to tend my gardens. That's how you find focus in life. That's how you find what you're created to be. That is your why. Sometimes when we're out there running and I say, well, I'll look at Rob or I'll look at Jeff and I'll say, why are you running? Why are you training? Why are you training? To protect my family. I may need to run and rescue somebody. I may need to be able to run away from a threat. I may be able to need to run into a, into a building that's, that's in danger and carry somebody out. Never lose that focus. Why am I memorizing the Bible? Why am I studying the Bible? Not only for my own personal spiritual growth, but why am I doing that? So that I am ready in season and out of season. If I am out in the world and somebody has an issue, and I have the word of God at ready in my head. Oh, let's talk about that because I know what you're going to say. Oh, but I have my phone. I have Google. That's a handicap. You may say, no, no, it's not. It's a strength in me. Okay, let me take that away from you because you have the ability to lose that. Then what you're going to do? What are you going to do when you don't have that resource? We have no power for, for days on end. Let's just say, let's just walk this scenario out. You have no power, no ability to charge your phone. You just lost your resource. Your phone gets broken, damaged, stops working. You've lost the resource. Listen to me, the things you put into your mind, no one can ever take away from you. You wanna talk about self-reliance and all this stuff. All this stuff is gearing you to be self-reliant ment mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm training you how to do that. And there'll be a time when you don't even need me because you'll be your own resource. The whole analogy of give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. That's what we're doing. And so nobody can ever take away what you put up in your brain and you lock it away. That's why that mental, that memory thing for me is so important because nobody can take that away from me.
take all my resources of my house, heaven forbid, burnt down. I still have it here in my head. It's no longer on the bookshelf. It's in my head. The book of Eli, which uh, is, you know, not the best movie, but that's what that was all about. Right? There was supposedly one remaining Bible. And, and the whole world wanted it. And this, this guy had to, had to protect it. And he was trying to get it to a safe place, to a library. And all these people were attacking him because they, they needed that book because they had heard how, how that book helped them. And so they were seeking, they were hunting out this book. Well, he ended up losing the book to the enemy. And he opened up the pages and they were blank. However, when he got to his destination, the final library where he could log this book, keep it safe, they said, well, where's the book? And he said, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, right? He started to quote it because you see the Bible, which is what the book was, wasn't on the pages. He had put it in his head and they can take the book, but they can't take that away from him. That's so important for you. So do you lack the want to find your reason why, why do you want to physically train? Right? And listen, the world, the enemy wants you to become complacent, wants to lull you asleep because when you're asleep and when you're weak and when you're comfortable, that's when the lion attacks. And so you have to be uncomfortable to the point where being uncomfortable is comfortable. That's the why. And listen, you're going to have to find your own why. You're going to have to find, you can't, you can model mine, right? But my why is not your why. But you need to do it. You need to find it. Well, it's too difficult. That's the other side of the coin. Well, it's too difficult. When I was in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, 1991, middle of July, basic training, U.S. Army, my little platoon there, my company had a saying, a motto that we had to repeat all the time to the drill sergeants. And it was this, the difficult we do immediately, the impossible takes a little longer, miracles by appointment only, duty, honor, and country. And I, and I have a hard time saying that in my mind without the follow-up drill sergeant because it, so, it was so ingrained to us and we had to say that over and over and over again through the eight weeks that I was there. But listen, the difficult we do immediately, that's hard, yeah. That's what we take care of first. The impossible, yeah, it's going to take a little bit more effort. Miracles by appointment only, right? And, and for me, that's a divine appointment. That's when God steps in. That's the mindset you have to have. You can't say, oh, this is too difficult because you find a way. And a lot of this, guys, a lot of this boils down to ego. You don't want to take that leap of faith 
because you're afraid to fail. You don't want to look bad. Maybe you're going to tell somebody, hey, I'm going to go do this run and I'm going to start running this. You know, Rob is saying, hey, I'm going to run 50 miles. You know, that took a big challenge for him because I'm sure signing up for that after his first few miles of running since high school, like what, 30 years later, he might've been saying, well, what if I fail? I'm going to put this out there publicly, but what if maybe I shouldn't do that because I might fail. I might not make it. You know what he said? The difficult we're going to do immediately. And I'm not going to fail. And so what if you do fail? So what if you do? Failure is where the learning process happens. Y'all know the story. Edison, how many times did it take him to fail before he finally got it right? Some people say 10,000. I don't know if we actually know the number. That's a famous quote, 10,000 tries. We don't know if that is exactly right. But the point is this is he didn't stop until he got it right. And if he would have quit any times before, he never would have got to that point of success. You fail until you succeed. That's it. You're either failing or you're succeeding. And a lot of people are, are afraid to fail. I have this struggle too. I don't want to fail. That's an ego. That's an ego problem. But we have to get rid of that because we have to learn that, hey, failure is where the learning process happens. When we did our training with IDS, Todd said, be quick to fail. Be quick to fail because really the sooner I fail, the quicker I learn. The sooner I learn. Hey, in a moment, we're going to talk about the five stages of competence. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Arc Electric heating and cooling. Are you tired of dealing with unreliable heating and electrical services? Well, look no further. Arc Electric Heating and Cooling is here to provide you with the best service in Colorado. Our highly trained technicians use state-of-the-art technology to ensure that your heating, cooling, and electrical systems are running smoothly. And with our commitment to affordability, you can trust that you'll get the best value for your money. We service the Denver Metro, Castle Rock, Castle Pines, Littleton, Centennial, Highlands Ranch, and Parker areas. So why wait? Call Arc Electric Heating and Cooling today and experience the peace of mind that comes with knowing that your heating, electric, and cooling systems are in good hands. Call us today at 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. Arc Electric Heating and Cooling, where comfort and safety comes first. Are you tired of using the same old workout equipment? Well, it's time to switch it up and try something new. Introducing B3 BFR Bands, the revolutionary way to maximize your workout potential. With B3 BFR Bands, you will experience increased muscle activation with quicker time to fatigue and a natural release of human growth hormone. These bands are easy to use and can be incorporated into any workout routine. So what are you waiting for? Take your workouts to the next level with B3 BFR Bands. Order now by clicking on the link below. B3 BFR Bands, the future of fitness. And welcome back. Yes, Sark Electric Heating and Cooling there for all your electrical heating and cooling needs in the Denver metro area. Make sure to check us out. And also B3 Bands, you're looking for a quick, effective way to work out. Talk about eliminating excuses. 
listen, those take away, those take away all excuses. You can do them anywhere. You can do them to whatever degree, whatever intensity. In fact, even if you have broken joints, hurt joints, um, and I don't mean literally broken, but you know, not, not working joints if they're hurt and you can't do some of those harder things. These B3 bands take you to the point of intensity without the true intensity and the wear and tear on your joints. So make sure you jump down there and look at that link. And also, you know, this Sunday, check us out on Sun Country Community Church, suncountrycc.com. And uh, you can join us for Sunday worship and teaching as we go through this week, Romans chapter 14, which is talking about growing in grace and knowledge. A great, great topic that fits right even to what we're talking about today. Okay, so the five stages, right? So, so far, we've said, hey, we don't want to look at these people and start to say there's something special about them. Right. You know, we saw I saw uh, a documentary on Larry Bird. Now, Larry Bird, by hands down, is, is literally considered probably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Okay, I know people got LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan even said, nah, Larry Bird is the is the deal. Right. He now this guy, this guy, there was not nothing. He wasn't tall. Right, he wasn't um, naturally gifted with any special basketball skills. He was gifted with the ethic, hard work. With the, <laughs> I just probably not the right words, but he was gifted with just hard work, the work ethic, and he got himself there through the five stages. Let's talk about those right now. Stage number one. Okay, this is how you can develop in your growth in any of these areas. After you've already dealt with getting rid of the excuses, getting rid of the lack of the want to, right? It's difficult. These will help you through that process, but you got to get to that conclusion that you're going to you're going to change something in your life. Nothing happens without that first decision and deciding that you're going to change. So the first one is unconscious incompetence. So what that says is you don't realize your own inabilities. So you don't even know how incompetent you are in something. Okay. The danger is the Dunning-Kruger effect is the danger is, is once you start to learn something, all of a sudden you think you're an expert. We call that in America being a Monday morning quarterback. Right? We've watched some football games. Maybe we've even played some football ourselves in school. Maybe we've read some books on it or whatever. So we want to sit there on the couch and we want to analyze that game and we want to tell that quarterback what he should have done. You know, if you were that good, you wouldn't have been on the couch. You'd have been in the game. But, but we have these opinions, right? And even going into what we're going to talk about um, this weekend in Romans and last weekend when I talked about second Peter three eighteen, grow in grace and knowledge. The danger of growing in knowledge is all of a sudden you become puffed up. You can become puffed up. You come puffed up with pride. You learn a little bit. You go take a couple classes. You start reading a little bit of your Bible. You start listening to somebody, whatever it may be. And now all of a sudden you're an expert get a little taste, and now you know everything. And then you run around and start telling everybody what they should be doing. But you really don't understand how incompetent you really are in that area. 
That Monday morning quarterback is sitting there telling the quarterback what he should have done, give him the ball, put him in the field with the pressure of, of the other team trying to read the field all at once. Yeah, maybe he'd realize real quick, ah, I'm not as good as I thought. It's always easy to judge and to criticize. And that's why Second Peter says the first thing before you grow in knowledge is you better grow in grace. Grace is the buffer so that you don't become puffed up. Grace is, is receiving that unmerited favor that you didn't deserve. And so whenever I'm reading the Bible or I'm listening to a Bible teacher or whatever, I always say, Lord, grow me in grace and in knowledge because I'm broken, I'm fallen, I'm weak. And I need to understand that, that that's where I'm coming from. That's the position where I'm coming from. And then as I receive that knowledge, it's running through that filter so that I don't get puffed up. I say it to my church all the time because I grew up, I was born in 72, so I grew up in the, the early Atari years, and we had this game called Dig Dug. And this little guy was digging down through the ground, and these little earth creatures or whatever they were, these bugs, would come at him, and he would throw a bicycle pump hose at them, and it would magically connect, and he would pump up the bicycle, and thus pumping up these bugs until they burst. And I used to tell people, hey, be careful of, you know, praising me too much. I, I would say, hey, don't dig dug me, right? Don't, don't puff my head up so big that it pops. But that's the danger there. And so if you grow in grace first, you avoid that. But understanding, first of all, that you really don't know what you think you know. That's the first stage. So then I start getting some training. Then I start reading my Bible. Then I start getting some, some education on a topic. And now I understand I really don't know this. It's called the conscious incompetence. So now you realize, now you know what you don't know. Okay? You know, talking about diet, everybody's an expert. Talking about exercise, everybody's an expert. When you get into the self-defense MMA world, everybody's an expert. Even when you get into the church world, a lot of people think they're the expert. And so you start to read, you start to educate, and you go, oh, I don't realize, I don't know as much as I thought. And, and listen, that will come quicker for you if you work through it through the pattern of 2 Timothy 3.16, right? And you approach whatever knowledge it is first with a, from a position of humility. Be teachable, okay? A lot of people come into our self-defense classes and they're, and they're not teachable. Maybe they've got another discipline under their belt. Maybe they, they've taken some YouTube classes. I don't know. But they come in with this preconceived notion, right? They're stage one. They've got a little bit of training and they think they're the expert. Be teachable. Romans 10, 17, receive the word with all readiness. And then you search the scripture to find out whether these things are sowed. But the key point of that is to receive it with readiness and then go work it out. 
So when you go to these classes, when you approach something new, like I said, you can learn from a preschool, right? But if you go in there and like, oh, this is just a preschool class. I'm so much smarter. I've been to college. I've got a degree, you know, and I've known a lot of people like that. A lot of people will come into the church and they'll be like, well, you know, I've been to seminary. I've studied this and I've studied that. And red flags are shooting straight up, by the way. They're shooting straight up. It's to the point where I'm even a little nervous to offer my own um, help to somebody because I don't want to be in danger of being that person. Well, you know, I'm a pastor. I can help you with um, the word of God. You know, I'm a, a, a black belt in Krav Maga. I'm a, a certified instructor. I can, I can show you these things, you know. No. And you have to learn to be teachable. You can learn from anybody. You can learn from anything. In the IDS system, they say, actually, 30% of your training should be somebody lower than your level. 30% at your level. And that's where you should train. And then the other, maybe a little bit higher than your level. And the 10%, you're training with those masters, those people that just can handle you. So then, once you understand that you don't know what you should know, you all of a sudden start training for it, right? So you start reading, you start educating yourself. That leads you to the third place. So now you start gaining ability, you start gaining skill, but you have to think about it. It's not quick, right? So, so there's a decision there or there's a, let's say your memory program or your Bible reading or something, you have to say, hold on, and you have to think through the process. You have to think through it, okay? That's called conscious competence. So I'm, I'm now gaining competence, but I've got to think about it. I've got to process it in my mind, right? Got to process it. And then over time, as I'm working through this conscious competence, guess what? You get to the fourth stage. All of a sudden... You don't have to think about it anymore. You're now demonstrating competence without having to think about it. That's called unconscious competence. We call that also muscle memory. But that's really what's going on. As you're able to do something without having to think about it. And then from there, from there, you move to the fifth stage. Once you have that mastered, right, you can now start to improvise and innovate because you can move past those things and using those as a foundation and you can start to explore other things that branch out from that topic because you have that foundation. And this is the, this is the steps to mastery. Okay, so let's talk about this in like Bible memory or, or any memory program. All of a sudden, I think I've got it figured out. I, I know I can memorize this stuff. And then I try to memorize it and I realize, man, I can't remember anything. I've tried all these different systems, all these different programs. They're just not working for me. And so then I start to find something that, that I can use. And so for me, that's where my memory programs come in with the, the memory palaces that we talked about with Ron, with the uh, word association, with mnemonics and all these things. 
I start to train and to develop that, but I have to work at it. And so I have to remember the stations that I've made up, like going through my house. I have to remember these stations and I have to work at that. And then all of a sudden, as I'm working through that, as I'm working through that, now going from step three to step four, all of a sudden I can do it without thinking about it. I can go, what's station five? Boom. What's station 15? Boom. What's station 35? Boom. And I don't have to sit there and go, okay, uh, one, two, three, that's 10, that's four, right? It's unconscious competence. And now from there, I can start to improvise. And this is for me where the memory process, the word association starts to happen much faster and I can start to improvise with it and I can start to deviate. So like, let's say one of my memory stations is a TV, and now I can start to deviate and I can say, okay, well, what about the TV? There's four corners on the TV. I can add four more. There's a remote control that controls the TV. I turn the TV on and I see something else. I see another image. Maybe I see an image of Moses. And then on Moses, I can put another hundred different places. That's to the point of mastery. So why not you? Why not you? Listen. I wasn't a straight-A student. I struggled in school, mainly because I was lazy, didn't want to. I lacked the want to. Used to hide my homework in the bushes. Come home and tell my mom, yeah, I had no homework today. And we go to teacher conferences, and she's like, well, he never turns in his homework. And he's like, well, he never has any. Well, then the truth comes out, right? Your sin will find you out. And you know, I have another saying that I tell Rob and Jeff all the time. I says, you know, you pay now or you pay later. You're going to pay. You can either pay now or you can pay later, but you're going to pay. And usually if you pay up front, it's cheaper. Okay. So if I would have done that work early on, and by the way, me hiding my homework in the bushes cost me an entire year because I got to do third grade all over again. So that cost of that little bit of homework every night had a bigger cost of an entire year and I got to do it over. So see, I'm just as common as anybody else. In fact, I can look around and go, I'm just as ordinary as everybody else. I'm weak. I'm lazy, I'm scared. The only difference is I recognize who I am and then I choose not to be that person. And listen, that choice sometimes is hourly. Sometimes it's by the minute. It is a constant, constant effort to say, no, I am not going to be that person because that's my natural person. And I believe that's the natural state for a lot of people. A lot of people, most people are lazy. Most people are creatures of comfort. They'll take the easy path. Most people 
don't want to put in the effort. And you might say, well, that's not me. That's because you've chosen not to. Because when that voice in your head creeps up and says, hey, take it easy, you say, nope, got to get up, got to go. When that voice says, you know what, don't choose, don't choose to eat that healthy thing, eat this, this bad thing, you say, nope, I'm not going to do that. So you've already made the choice, but you've reached the point where it's number four for you, right? It's uncompetent or unconscious competence because you've made those conscious decisions over and over and over and over and over again so much so that those decisions those life decisions now are happening at the unconscious level so when you say well that's not me that's because you've already gone through the process and anybody can do that but you have to decide and then you have to take action and like i was saying sometimes you have to have this mental battle every minute. Maybe it's every second. So I've taken away the fact that people aren't special. Most people, I mean, yeah, we have your just extremely gifted, talented people that are, you know, naturally gifted by God, right? Exodus chapter 31. Okay. where God gave them the natural ability and the natural skill to make the furnishings and the, the articles of the tabernacle, right? That's a whole other topic because every person is gifted by God in one way or another. I'm not talking about that. There are levels of that, yes, but I'm talking about the common everyday things that we do and putting in the hard work to go from stage one to go to stage five. The science says that if you work at something for 20 minutes a day for 12 weeks, you'll get to that point of mastery. So if you're trying to work on something, 20 minutes a day, Maybe it's memorizing the Bible. Maybe it's reading the Bible. Maybe it's doing some kind of a physical thing. I don't know. Playing an instrument, learning another language. If you do something 20 minutes a day for 12 weeks, you'll walk through this process. Now, learning a language and stuff like that, that may be, that's a lot, that's more broad, but you could probably get through quite a bit of it in 12 weeks. You could probably be uh, equipped enough you know, you were not going to, I haven't even mastered the English language and I've been speaking it for 50 years, right? But if I wanted to gain the ability to go to, to Mexico and be able to at least have a conversation at a very basic level, I can do that in 12 weeks. If I wanted to learn to play a very, you know, be, be at least competent on an instrument, I'm not talking about being a Mozart, but being pretty competent, I could do that in 12 weeks, 20 minutes a day. And so we've already taken away the fact that, you know, common people do common things. We've already taken away the, the, the issue of excuses, the difficult, the lacking, the want to, 
And the rest is you just have to deal with your ego. So we'll end with the final question, which is the same question. Why not you? Hey, thanks for joining me today on Created to Be Podcast. Look forward to seeing you again next week. Keep pressing forward to the goal, forgetting those things which are behind me so that I may obtain the prize. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.